0: Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. All right, open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. Everybody say deeper. deeper. We're going deeper this year. We're going deeper, and, and, and there are certain things that, that need to be... Imparted. There are certain things that need to be taught. And there are certain things that need to be caught. Uh, impartation happens in an environment just like this. It can happen in your own home. It can happen over a cup of coffee. It can happen uh, over, believe it or not, you know, it wasn't 20 years ago that people were saying TV is just the devil. The same way they say social media is just the devil now. And I'm not here to be a proponent of either one. I'm just here to tell you that anywhere we let the devil go unchecked, then he's just running it. But you can have an impartation take place over a social media post with the right man or woman of God declaring a thing. An impartation. You can receive something. I I remember... uh, 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 serving my pastor for years and and i'd get asked all these questions from time to time you know what's he like what's this and i was like man i don't know i said number one i'm not going to tell you what, what happens outside of that pulpit because that's part of the reason he trusts me i said but number two what i get from him happens when he's at that pulpit mostly i'm just choosing to receive At the highest level possible, and I'm not looking for a private conversation every three weeks to try to get me along a little bit further. I'm trying to receive from the gift that's on his life and not under the the, the terms and conditions that I have decided I will receive from. Because what I found is most of the time, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, people are about a thousand times better than they are otherwise. Matter of fact, uh, I've had people come to me and say, man, I just really want to sit down with you. And I said, okay, what do you want to sit down and talk about? And they said, well, I, I'd like to talk about this. And say, well, I just preached about that last week, so just listen to the message. Yeah. No, 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 I just want to explain it to me. I said, well, I don't want you to explain it to me. I explained to you what the Bible said, and that's really the only thing I'm worried about. If you get hung up in your feelings and how it feels sooner or later, you'll have to make sure that everybody does it your way. You'll be walking in and everybody around you will be on pins and needles and walking on eggshells and you'll think everybody's just wonderful and the reality is, is they've all had to alter their life because of your bad attitude. There are certain things that need to be taught. One of the things that needs to be taught is how to receive. When a quarterback throws a football, there's somebody else on the field too. It's not just a receiver. You also have an adversary that's trying to stop you from catching it. Most of the time, the offense that's the easiest to grab is evidence that the adversary is at work. I didn't like the way they said that. I didn't like the way that sounded. Well, first and foremost, if it's in the Bible, it doesn't matter what you think. Because the Bible is the final say. Well, well, what about on this topic? Whatever the Bible says is correct. Well, what's the Bible said? Well, you got, you got two eyes, two ears. You got a brain. You can find it too. Well, so I, I don't understand this. I'm trying to tell you that the keys to victory in your life are in the manual. If something's not working right, the first thing you need to do is find the manual. Then you can go and find out. There's a matter of fact, a lot of manuals have what they call a troubleshooting section. Oftentimes, you need to go to the troubleshooting section of your Bible. If you got a problem with faith, you need to get in Hebrews. Come on, somebody. If you got a problem with healing, you need to get in Isaiah 53. You need to, you need to read First and 2 Peter. If you've got a problem with prosperity, you'd better not read the Bible. because <laughs> Just about every chapter's got something in there about being blessed. What I'm trying to tell you is, is there's an element there where you got to say, okay, this is where I'm going to get it, right here. This is where I'm going to get it. Now, I wasn't going to go here today, but I'm about to go here. Jesus only said church about twice in the Bible that I can find, Okay? One of the times he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Another place where he said it, he said, if somebody doesn't want to listen to what's going on at the church, you need to just, just don't even treat them like they're a part of it. Now, the word church is not the word church that like we say, okay? It, it, it's a Greek word called ecclesia, And ecclesia was a coming together or a gathering of a certain group of people particularly the Greeks would do this. Matter of fact, it would start where it was a few times a year and then it, it became a point where it was four times a month, three to four times a month potentially in a certain area. And and everybody that was a member, that was a citizen, was called to ecclesia to come together as a citizen of, 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 of the area and that's where they would get information, that's where they would get The direction of what was actually going to be happening, that's where they would get filled in on what was going on and what was going to go on. Does this make sense? And Jesus makes the comment, he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the ecclesia. When we come together under the name that is above every name, So when somebody is living outside of the ecclesia, they can quote that scripture all they want, but the reality is they might not have a legal right to it if they're living outside of it. Somebody say deeper. This is why it's so incredibly important for you to be, uh, uh, for you to be converted, for you to leave your old life and to find out what his new life looks like for you. And then get as committed to that life, the new life, as you were committed to your life of serving yourself and your own little mini kingdom. This is what a Christian is. It is a converted individual. It is somebody who has laid down their old life and has decided, I'm going to follow Jesus. And if there's nothing in my life outside of ecclesia, outside of the church that verifies I am who he says I am and I am who I say I am, then I've got to make some alterations to my life because the only way that somebody's going to actually see Jesus today is they have to see the Jesus in me. But if I never speak of the Jesus that's in me They won't know that Jesus is in me And therefore they may be walking around with a burden That me as a member of Ecclesia, As a member of somebody who's been blood bought Born again As a member of somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit As a member of the group and the gathering of the saints of God The people of God The elect The born again Those that have been set apart for a purpose I have the power on the inside of me To walk around and give them the same opportunity To have an encounter with Jesus that I had that removed the burdens off of my life therefore the people that are walking around in bondage around me are partially walking around and it's my fault if I don't open my mouth Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church ecclesia ecclesia there's another place, you can look all this up, there's another place where it talks a little bit more in depth about Ecclesia and it talks about uh, one of the things that they would do is they would send out a group of people, this is what the Athenians would do, the, the people from Athens, they would send out people with a rope that was dyed red. And they would go find people that were in the area that they knew were in the area and they would, they would go and they would, uh, put the rope around everything. They would just walk and it would stain the people's clothing. And if the people had the stain on their clothing, that meant that they were found outside of the ecclesia when the ecclesia was actually meeting. And many of those times those people would actually be fined. For missing it. How many times we got to read the Bible before we actually read the Bible? There are penalties that happen to citizens of the kingdom because they choose not to be converted and become a part of the ecclesia that Jesus actually paid for. How many people do you know that come to you with prayer requests and problems and all this and all that and they show their CEO Christians... Christmas and Easter only. I'm in Texas, so I'll just speak Texas. I have my encounters with God on a deer stand. I have more encounters. You know, me and God, we're cool. I have a counter with Him when I'm fishing. I just have him in my garden, you know. I just plant my tulips and it's just me and Jesus. Praise the Lord. Well, he didn't say the gates of hell won't prevail against your garden. He didn't say the gates of hell won't prevail against your ranger bass boat. He didn't say the gates of hell won't prevail against the little league. He didn't say gates of hell won't prevail against the deerlies. He said the gates of hell won't prevail against the ecclesia, the gathering of the saints of God together under the name that's above every name. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So we got a church that's walking around battered and bruised, Christians that are walking around battered and bruised because they're living outside of the ecclesia and the gates of hell have a right out there the gates of hell don't have a right in here somebody say converted you got to get converted if you're going to go deeper in God you got to get converted you got to recognize my old life didn't work that's why I came to Jesus my old attitude didn't work. That's why I came to Jesus. And I'm not going to prune all the parts of me that I enjoyed and keep them, even though now God is calling me to, uh, dare I say, higher levels or new heights. God is calling me to new heights and new levels. But I like this little bad attitude, so I'm going to keep that. I like the fact that I can say, well, I just don't have a filter on my mouth, so whatever's in my head, I say. No, that's called I'm rude That means you didn't change from a three-year-old. Nobody gets mad at a three-year-old for saying, like, if you get on a plane and a three-year-old's sitting there and say, something stinks. All the adults are polite. They're like, oh, I don't smell anything. You're trapped in there, you know. That means you didn't, that means you didn't grow up. That means you didn't, you didn't change. you got to be converted. you got to have the mind of Christ you got to get to the place where you realize I'm going to have whatever I say. So if I don't want to have it, I shouldn't say it. Hebrew, in Hebrew we would say selah right now. Think about that for just a minute. If you don't want to have it, then don't say it. You know, here comes my sinus infection. I get them every year. Lord, I'm acting right now. I'm not, I'm not declaring this. I know how this works. I don't get sinus infections. I don't get sick. I'm immune to everything. The blood of Jesus is an uncrossable line. And so what happens if it crosses it? The same thing if you have a fence and it has a sign that says no trespassing. And somebody trespasses. You don't tear the fence down and say, Well, fences don't work. No. A criminal crossed over a boundary that that criminal has no legal right to be. So you can either sit there and go, Okay, I guess you can live here too. Or you can say, You saw the sign on the fence. Remember, the Bible says in in, uh, uh, Ephesians, It says that, that we got the, the whole armor of God. Anybody ever read this in your Bible? Well, one of the things it says there in that same chapter is this, having done all to do, stand. The reason you can stand is because having done all means you've also reported it to the authorities. So when you got a suspicious character on your private property, come on somebody, that is trespassing that may or may not be up to no good, in America you got some rights, in the Brazos County you got some rights, you can pick up the phone and call the sheriff's office and say, hey sheriff, there's somebody on my property illegally, they are trespassing and I don't know if they're up to any good, can you send somebody out and before you know it, the sheriff's office will say no problem and they will send somebody out there and all you will have to do from that point once you've done all is stand and see the power of the authority of Brazos County come and speak or deal with the person that's trespassing on your personal property. It's the exact same thing in the spirit. When something comes on your physical body, when something comes on your mind or your emotion, you can say, Lord, something is trespassing down here on your property and I don't appreciate it. And all of a sudden the Bible says that God who is faithful to do what we ask when we ask in the name of Jesus we'll dispatch heaven to move on your behalf because if you got rights as a citizens of Brazos County, Texas then by God you got some rights as a citizen of the kingdom of God we're not saying that we don't have a symptom we're saying the symptoms trespassing that's illegal so, something interesting about criminals they, they don't care about the law walk right by the no trespassing sign sneak in unaware the question is when it's made known to you and it's been revealed or illuminated what do you do about it oh well here it comes again yep it's march there's my sinus infection or do you say you rotten stinking devil you wicked symptom i don't care if it's pollen or or uh, some kind of a, a deteriorating leaf or it's a demon himself. I don't care what it is. This is blood-bought property right here. I'm healed by the stripes on Jesus' back. I reject every symptom in Jesus' name. So what if I have to go to the doctor? Then you go to the doctor saying, I thank God that you have already healed me and I am working in that direction. And if the doctor gives me good medicine, I thank God that doctors take an oath to try to help us and not hurt us, but I'm not going to change my confession just because some criminal symptom has crossed the bloodline of Jesus Christ. That's what criminals do. So you got to get to the place where you're converted. Where you get in amongst the ecclesia of God, the gathering of the people of God, where you can have your faith stirred up. Amen. I drink a green drink in the morning. It's horrible. <laughs> it's, 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 I don't know, I don't even know what's in it. They just say it's good for you. And it's, it's just green. It's like, it's like, like, if, think yard clippings. That's what it tastes like probably. Step, <laughs> step worse. Sometimes I'll put it in a water bottle, and I'll shake it up and I'll just, I'll set it down for about five minutes and then I'll drink it because everything doesn't dissolve in it. I mean, grass, does grass ever really dissolve? But after five minutes of sitting there stagnant, everything that's of substance has settled on the bottom and the top almost tastes like water. But if I want the substancy, I got to stir it up continually. See, if you just go around living a stagnant life, you will taste like what you came from. But if you will constantly be stirring up the gift that's on the inside of you, now all of a sudden, that which has been put in you under the grace of God and the anointing of God will come to the forefront and then it will have the full effect that it, God intended it to have. This happens when you get in the ecclesia, the church, the house of God, the place where God actually moves, the place where uh, I could tell you, I could, I could show you in Genesis chapter number 28, where literally it's like the house of God, uh, the Bible says, is is actually the gate of heaven. He said the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. It makes sense that if it's the gates of hell that won't prevail, then there ought to be a gate that does prevail. There's a shift that comes in your life and my life when we decide to be converted. Conversion doesn't mean that you, you know, have to dress like somebody that bounced off a Conestoga wagon. It doesn't mean that you got to completely... Change all the relationships in your life. There may be some people in your life that God is calling you to witness to. But at the same time, if you know what is right and don't do it to that person, that is sin. And sin is still powerful enough to separate people from the God who created them. So if you get born again and then go play with sin, you're rolling around with the thing that Jesus died to set you free from. It's a shift. It requires a, it requires a conversion in your life. Somebody say converted. One of the reasons that the, the, that the world is not clawing down the door to get in every church is because most churches look just like the world. The people act just like the world. They talk just like the world. They get divorced just like the world. They sleep around on their husband and wife just like the world. They yell and fuss at their kids just like the world. They 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 yell and scream at people that that get their 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 drink order wrong at Starbucks just like the world. They run back into the to the to the department store waving the receipt, cussing at the the, the cashier that makes next to nothing an hour just like the world. They fuss and fume and they walk around with a bad attitude just like the world. This is why the world's not clawing its way into the church is because the church looks like the world. And the reason that the church looks like the world is because the people of the church might be born again. They're just not converted. You didn't change. Not you. The person next to you. You gotta change. You gotta, you gotta be like him. You, you gotta, you gotta decide to lay your life down. If you're going to go deeper in God, you've got to understand the depths of God require changes in your demeanor, your attitude and your actions. It you say, well, now now it sounds like I, I, you know I'm trying to get myself saved. No no, 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 no. You, you're saved by the blood of the lamb, that's it. but you can stay exactly like you are. The Bible says, your spirit is reborn. All right, give me, give me two seconds because I've got to point this out so we can understand the next part. You are a spirit. You have a soul, you live in a body. God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You are also three parts. You are a spirit. It will last forever, will live forever. You will either go to heaven or you will burn in hell and be thrown into a lake of fire where the demons are going to be thrown. One of the two. Your spirit's not going to die. To be absent from the body is a believer to be present with the Lord. To be absent from the body and not a believer, a believer is to not be present with the Lord. Cast into other darkness, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's horrible. You are a spirit. You have a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will to do a thing, and your emotions. And your soul is very, very movable, depending on what you feed your soul. So your soul is the first thing that when you say, I'm going on a diet, your soul goes, donuts. your will to do a thing your mind your will and your emotions so let's say let's say this is my spirit right here my soul's trapped in the middle and over here is my flesh or what i live in your flesh is at enmity with god your flesh will never say don't eat a donut your flesh will never say don't cuss them out your flesh would say you need to tell them what you really think your flesh will say, you know what, yeah, they they did overlook you. You need to tell them. You know what, your flesh will say, yeah, somebody is specifically trying to single you out and offend you. That's what your flesh will say all day long. So your soul is 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 in between, okay? And if you feed your flesh, your flesh puts a draw on your soul. And your soul, your mind, your will and emotions is more impacted by your flesh. But if you feed your spirit, your soul is more impacted by your spirit because what you feed gets stronger and what you starve dies or get weaker, gets weaker. The, the challenge with your flesh is your flesh is like, uh, uh, Incredible because it resurrects every day. That's why the Bible says you have to crucify your flesh. So you cannot negotiate with your flesh. Because as soon as you start negotiating with your flesh from your soulish condition. Stay with the donuts. We should have a donut. Your soulish condition will say, well, just one's not that bad. And it will start to drag you into that situation. The problem is, the more you feed your flesh, the more your soul leans towards your flesh. There are things that used to frustrate me that I don't even recognize anymore. Because they have been crucified to the point that they do not have the same impact in my life because I have fed my spirit in that area much more than I have fed my flesh in that area over the last 20-25 years. And therefore, my soul, my mind, my will and emotion is not engaged with my flesh in that area anymore. It's engaged with my spirit in that area. Therefore, uh, when you recognize that you are a spirit... You have a soul that lives in a body or 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 lives in the flesh. You have to understand your flesh is at enmity with God. It is at hatred with God. Your flesh hates the fact that you're at church on a Sunday morning. Your, your, your flesh hates the fact that you magnify God. Your flesh, if it can't get you to not come to church, it'll at least get you to put your hands in your pockets when everybody else is magnifying God. If your flesh can't get you to cuss somebody out, your flesh will get you to cuss them out in your head. If your flesh can't get you to look at something you shouldn't be looking at, your flesh will get your imagination to just run wild and then you don't check it. Because any thought that, that is contrary to the knowledge of God is supposed to be cast down, including vain imaginations. The way that that happens is, is your spirit has to be fed. How do you feed your spirit? You feed your spirit by worshiping God, but you can't just worship God. You have to worship God in spirit. And truth. In other words, you can't just go sing all the songs you heard on KSBJ and think your faith is going to go through the roof. That's not going to happen. Because that may be worshiping in spirit, and there might be a little scripture, uh, depending on the radio station, there might be a little scripture in the song, but you're going to have to actually get the truth of the word of God on the inside of you. Jacob in Genesis chapter number 28 laid his head on the rock. You're going to have to put your trust on the rock itself in order for you to be actually able to worship in spirit and truth. I'll give you another example. I have a good friend of mine. He's still a good friend of mine today. used to come to our church. And he was like, man, every Sunday, he would come, man, I tell you, just love your church. Oh, my gosh, uh, the music's incredible. The way you preach is, is so good, and, and you're just so passionate about it. It's just, just, just Bible verse after Bible. I just, I just love the way that you're preaching. It's just so amazing. And I told him, I said, look, man, I'm handsome too, you know. If we're going to be throwing out compliments, let's keep them rolling, you know. Then one day we had a service where, you know, I was speaking in tongues, and a bunch of people were speaking in tongues. People were falling on the floor under the power of God. And he calls me, and he says, "Man, I I got I got to talk about something." He goes, "Now look, I don't know the Bible. I don't know the Bible uh, very good at all." He said, "But I'm just not with just just any and all that tongues and stuff. I'm just not with that." I said, "Okay." He goes, "Well, I'm just telling you. I I just can't get with that." I said, "Okay." He said, "What do you think about that?" I said, "You're unqualified." He said, "What? (laughs) What?" It's a friend of mine. I said, "You're unqualified." You're not qualified to have an opinion. He goes, look man, people are people. You put your feet, your, your pants on one leg at a time too. Don't tell me I'm not qualified. I said, you told me you weren't qualified. You said you don't know the Bible. If you don't know the Bible, how can you have an opinion on what comes from the Bible? I'm not telling you can't be qualified. I'm telling you the moment you said, I don't know what the Bible said, that means you don't know what God's position is. Therefore, for you and for me, it's got to be the place like this. I got to find out what God's position is. I remember when Crystal and I got married. Uh, we got together and, and we, we agreed. We had the Bible, a big old Thompson chain reference Bible about yay thick, praise God. One of those ones that, you know, is good for your mind and your biceps, just carrying it around. Just incredible Bible. And I remember both of us getting on our knees and we held that Bible in our hands between us. And I said, we commit uh, one to another in the name of Jesus Christ not to ever fight to convince the other that we are right. But to be convinced that whatever this Bible says is right. We are not going to bicker the rest of our life. We are, even if we don't know exactly what it says in an area, we are declaring to God, we are putting your Bible as correct in our life. Therefore, if we find out something new, we will change our life. We will not change our belief structure to indicate that we do not believe this part of the Bible. We will change our life to believe this part of the Bible. And if we have a disagreement, we will go to this Bible and we will find out what does this Bible say about that and what the Bible says about that situation will become our position that we will hold by faith. But we will not fight with one another about what is right. We will fight together to find what is right. This is how a marriage can be stronger every single year when it's not about you convincing the other one to fall in line with your opinion or, let's just be honest, your your uh, uh, frustration that is based off an insecurity that somebody else probably put in you. You just decide, you know what, I don't even care about being right. I want to know what this book says and then that is right. I've already, I've already agreed that that's right. And if we can get on the same page, no pun intended then we will know we are incorrect. We are believing correctly. So I wasn't trying to convince the guy that he wasn't capable of having an opinion, nor that he was unqualified to have an opinion indefinitely. But if you don't know what the Bible says, it doesn't matter to me what you think. Because most people just want their opinion to be heard. But growth comes when you decide to find out what does God say about it. This is where conversion happens. This is where you say, you know what? I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I'm laying my life down for the cause of Christ. I'm shifting my life. I'm changing. I sense the anointing this morning. The greatest thing you can do for the people around you and for the people that God has called you to reach is to change. And if you refuse to change in an area, that is the exact limit to which which God will use you. But if God can trust you to change when he illuminates an area of your life that needs to be changed, all the limits on your life are removed. If you can't be around people that don't look like you and sound like you, God cannot use you with people that don't look like you and sound like you. If you can't handle $10,000 in your bank account, God's not going to give you $100,000 in your bank account. He say, well, how do I know I've handled it? Well, you tithe an offer, you ask God what to do with it, and then you be a good steward with your resources. Well, what about people that are blessed? The, the devil will bless you all day long if it'll keep you from serving God. Drug dealers, some of them make, you know, I don't know how much they make. Jake, how much you make? <laughs> Walker, can you just move down a little? Yeah, the devil will bless you all day long. But the devil's not richer than God. The devil will bless you all day long. If the devil thought money would stop you from serving God, he would have showed up with dump trucks of it at your house every Tuesday and put it in your yard. But if he hasn't, then he knows that money doesn't have your heart. God does. So you have to understand, when you get to the place where you're willing to change... Change your belief structure to get it more congruent with the Word of God. This is when God moves. This is when He changes situations. Just briefly, let me read this. 2 Corinthians 6, we'll start at verse 14. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Everybody say yoked. He's saying don't get tied together with unbelievers. Most people use this reference uh, for marriages. It's not a specific marriage reference here. It's actually talking about fellowship uh, partnerships don't go getting in business with people that don't believe the word of God if you can if you can avoid it don't go getting in an in intimate fellowship with people that don't magnify God that don't love God that don't love Jesus not to say you know not to be friends and I'm not drawing any lines on like whether to go to dinner or not or whatever that's, that's, that's all on you you work all that out but you don't give your your intimate moments because sooner or later, you're going to confuse your family. You're going to confuse your children. Because whatever you have them around, that's normal to them. So if you say... God is our number one. God is everything to us. Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's things we do and we don't do, but then you keep bringing people into your life. And I'm not talking about from an evangelical standpoint. I'm talking about you just keep surrounding your kids with people that are putting filth in their life. Sooner or later, it's going to confuse your children. You've got to get to the point where you decide to come out from among them. You've got to be converted. I believe the greatest move of God on, on earth is waiting on the church to be converted. I believe there is a dam that is, has that is held back radical gifts, miracles, and encounters because uh, uh, the move of God has not been able to recognize the righteous from the unrighteous. Because many people get born again and then are convinced they can still live the same way. You, can, you may or may not be able to. You're dealing with uh, the risk of hellfire at some point in your life because the Bible says it's better to not have, have, have followed him at all than to turn from following him. That means that there must be something to it if you turn from him. So you can't get to the point where you just decide, I'm going to go roll in the, in the sin, uh, roll in the mud and the sin with the pigs just because Jesus set me free. The truth of the matter is if you're still rolling in the mud, you either have no doctrine or you're not free at all. So there has to be a change. Change is what verifies you believe something. The scripture says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship does righteousness have with unrighteousness? What communion does light have with darkness? And listen to this real real, real carefully. Well, I know we're going into summer and it's just going to be a summer of depth here at New Heights Church. We have some really, really powerful teaching that's going to come out uh, this summer. and I believe we're going to launch into the fall stronger than ever what concord or agreement does Christ have with Belial Belial means the devil what treaty does Jesus have with Satan I'll tell you none what part does he have what part does he have that believes with an infidel an infidel you know don't don't get the word you know don't let it Send off fireworks in your head. It just means somebody doesn't believe. What part does a believer have with an unbeliever? I'm not talking about loving somebody. I'm not talking about witnessing somebody. I'm talking about when it comes to when it comes to believing God and and the heart of hearts in your life. If you go talking to somebody that has not been uh, born again, they, they literally don't even have ears to hear. And. That's why why you have Christians sounding more like Oprah than they do Jesus. That's why you have blood-bought, spirit-filled believers that sound more like Dr. Phil than they do the great physician. God bless Oprah and Dr. Phil. I'm sure they're wonderful people. I don't know. But I can tell you we have an example. It's in the Bible. You got a church that takes pot shots at at, at every minister that you know ever trips over a word one person falls you know in a church and the rest of the church decides to eat them for lunch the devil is a liar it's not how it's supposed to be and that's why that's why the world's not banging down the door of every church I know our church is growing I thank God for that But I'm telling you It requires a converted life To see the hand of God move At the level that God Actually wants to move And if you want to know How much he wants to move He let his own son die For you and for me How much you think He wants to move What agreement Does the temple of God Have with idols for you are the temple of the living God. And as God, as God has said, I will dwell in them, walk in them. I will be their God and they will be my people. You walk on You walk on the job site, God walked on the job site. Well, I don't like how that sounds. Write your own Bible. Die on your own cross. If you raise from the dead three days later, we'll talk. You're the temple of the living God. This is the ecclesia. This is where we gather. You're the temple. You're the temple of Almighty God walking around. God's on the inside of you. I'll dwell in them. I'll walk with them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. Because of this, therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says God, and don't touch the unclean thing and I will receive you. It's a big word. I'll try to do it quickly because you know it's already four o'clock. Holiness is not a joke to God. The word "holy" means separate. That means that means if God says this speaker is holy, this speaker is separated unto Him. You got an example of it in 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 genesis when he said don't eat of that tree that was separated don't touch that leave it that's separated he calls you a holy people live up to the name live up to the name live up to the sacrifice that was made for you and for me Don't go, don't go acting like the world said, oh, well, the grace of Jesus just makes me where I can do anything. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says his grace will set you free from that, not for that. Church looking like the world, sounding like the world. And before you know it, it turns into just a a, a mental mind game. And anybody that fails, it's, it's taught and trained mentally. My Bible says he came like a rushing mighty wind. My Bible says that spiritual things are still happening today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we keep trying to treat people on a mental basis on things that are spiritual, the people that are prone to a disciplined lifestyle because of their personality are probably going to do well. But people like me that need God to come in and wreck you and call you out of your grave... I don't know about you. I needed God. I knew the Bible inside out, backwards, forward, been around it my whole life. And I was still doing my own thing. And then the power of Almighty God changed me to the very core of who I am. I've never been the same. And I'm telling you before God, if you're going to see him move in your life, conversion is not optional. If you want to go deeper, it's a converted lifestyle. I'll give you just a few keys. Converted lifestyle means whatever you know is wrong, you stop doing it. It's deep, isn't it? I've been around enough people, enough ministers even. I get around them, I'm like, man, I love the words, but where's the oil? And I get in the back room with them And I hear them talk And I go there Now I know You can't talk like that And have the oil God's not a liar God doesn't allow you To indefinitely be two-faced Sooner or later It'll come out I remember when our church Was was just getting started There was a a few people That came through Good people Good ministers even But they just weren't People I was going to be In connection with and the way I found out I wasn't going to be in connection with him is I, I went and had dinner with him. I said, that's not how a man of God talks. Not the kind of man of God I am. Not the kind of man of God I want to be. No, I, I don't go running Christians down. I don't go talking about everybody. This is not a vocation to me. This is not about money to me. God's blessed me coming in and going out. I'm doing this because he told me to. I'm not doing this because I think there's a big paycheck going to happen. God can pay you a thousand different ways. It doesn't have to be from a pulpit. I don't even think your calling has to be your primary income. What I found out real quick, you know, I'm just not, not going to be with that. I'll be your friend. We can talk on the phone. But you're not going to come preach to my people. and what they were saying from the pulpit was incredible it's what they said over dinner that disqualified them I'm not the judge of all people but I got to an answer for this church matter of fact the Bible says I'll be held to double the responsibility because I teach here think about that before you grab a Bible and start saying I want to teach something so many times we have the opportunity to change but instead, we, we, we stay on the milk. Instead of going to the meat and saying, no, I'm going to be different. I'm going to change. If he died for me, I'm going to live for him. Some of you need to make the decision today that alcohol doesn't need to be a part of your life anymore. Quit getting caught in the stupidity of the whirlwind of whether or not you can have a glass of wine or not legally, according to the Bible. If you're stuck in that, you probably can't. Because to know what is right and to not do it, to him that's wrong. And you might not be able to have a sip of wine. It may turn into a bottle or two. Then the question is, what is drunk? Everybody believes that God says we shouldn't get drunk. What is drunk? Do you want to come up with a finite definition so that you can not do it? Or do you want to use the world's definition and get you a breathalyzer, and then you can drink you a beer and blow in the breathalyzer and say, "Look, Jesus, I'm not drunk." Why don't you just abstain from it? The Bible says abstain from the appearance of evil. They say, "Well, I don't think you have to." Well, then don't. I, I've read the Bible. It's not an absolute. I'm just telling you there are things that you can change in your life that say, I'm not doing this because he said I have to. I'm doing this because I'm trying to see how close to him I can actually get. Some of you, you need to leave the tobacco alone. Just stop. Just don't do it again. I'll give you why. Number one, your kids don't do what you say. They do what you do. Number two, we know it cures cancer. Number three, people, we know that it causes cancer. People come to this altar almost every week to be healed of cancer. Don't put something in your body that we know that we know that we know causes cancer, so then we gotta try to get it off of you. You are the temple of the living God. Cancer is something that eats away at the, at the, at the, uh, uh, organism that is. It causes problems. It can even cause a hole. If there was something right here that was just banging on that wall and a week from now it was going to be a hole, we would stop it from banging on the wall because it would be destroying this temple. So don't put something in your body that you know destroys your temple. Everybody say number two. In Genesis chapter 1, it says that you're supposed to have dominion over everything on the earth, including the herb of the field. And the minute that you get addicted to marijuana, that you get addicted to cocaine, that you get addicted to tobacco, now all of a sudden, the herb of the field has dominion over you. What has dominion? The thing that's telling you what to do. What's telling you what to do is it's telling you where to take your money. You take your money. You take it down to the gas station. You buy the little Copenhagen. You stick it in your pocket. You stick it in your lip. It eats your lip. And before you know it, it's eating your money. It's eating your lip. And it has dominion over you because before the can is out you're already thinking about the next one you need to buy because it's telling you what to do well my grandpa did it he did it red man it was no problem well praise the lord if your grandma grandfather had written the bible we'd be sitting here talking about him but because he didn't we'll just stick with this book This is not about heaven and hell I think you could probably dip tobacco and go to heaven I think you could probably smoke cigarettes and go to heaven Most likely you'll get there quicker Arrive a little early I'm talking about abstaining I'm talking about holiness for the cause of holiness I'm talking about Be ye separate Come out from among them I had somebody walk in our house the other day He walked in the house I said hey glad you're here He's hung his head and started crying. 20 minutes. We stood there and cried. Cry, cry. What is this? Man, that's the presence of God, bro. I'm playing games in here. Every one of these two before us. We prayed over before we put a nail in it. That's the presence of God. We're not playing around with the presence of God. I'm not here to talk about me. I'm here to tell you, you can abstain. You don't have to just bounce down the road with the world. You come out from among them. He said, what will it cost you? Nothing that God won't give back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. There's nothing that you won't give up for the kingdom that he will not repay you 100 fold in this life, the Bible says. Friends, relationships, family, uh, uh, possessions, houses—everything. You say, "Well, is it all about that?" No, it's not even almost about that. It's all about Him. But if you seek the kingdom first and His righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. Don't take a part of the Bible and stand just on it. Take the whole lamb and consume it. Talking about coming out from among them. Be ye separate. Don't tolerate the idea that a husband and wife have to fight. The devil is a liar. Who told you that? Somebody decided to fight and then the other one decided to join in. Today might be the day when you need to get on your knees. Maybe you've been married 45 years. You need to get on your knees with a big Bible in between your hands and said, from this day on. We're not going to seek to convince each other that I am right or you are right. We're going to find what is right. That's what we're going to do. It eliminates arguments. What are you going to fight about? I like vanilla ice cream. I like chocolate ice cream. Mix it together. Don't spend the rest of your life looking and sounding like the world and get to heaven and go, wow, it's different up here. Spend the rest of your life putting a draw on heaven and people coming into your house and saying, what is that? You say, it's the kingdom of heaven right here available now. How does it happen? Converted life. Change how you talk. Change how you walk. Change how you think. You say, well, I thought God did that. Some of it he does. And it's awesome when he does. But the big word in the Bible is the D word. Disciple. It means disciplined one. Jesus walked up to Lazarus' tomb. He said, Lazarus! If I was Jesus, I would have done so much. I would have done so much. I would have done so much. I'd be like, so where's Lazarus? Like he didn't know. He's in the tomb. What, that one? (gasps) What are we going to do? he said move the stone out of the way do what you can do and Jesus will do what you can't do if they hadn't moved the stone he'd have never come out of the grave they moved the stone out of the way he said Lazarus come forth I'm speaking to the dead thing That everybody said can't live anymore. Stand to your feet and walk out of that grave, Lazarus. And Lazarus comes out and then Jesus says, take the grave clothes off of him. In other words, only Jesus can put life in a dead person. But you and I have the privilege of being a part of somebody else's discipleship. Letting the grave come off of them completely. There's got to be a shift. It's got to be a conversion two minutes and we're closing we'll be out of here in two minutes you got to be converted converted means i was going this way and now i am going this way it means i have shifted my wavelength it means i've shifted how i think on purpose i'm finding out what his book says and committing my life to it not trying to get people convinced that what i know is more important than what they've read Because if you're going to go deeper, it's not optional. And if you don't, I'll tell you what you'll do. You'll get hung up on one aspect of the kingdom, and you'll teach it as a finite endpoint. You'll talk about being saved as if it's the only thing God paid for saved 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 you might even build a big church of people that are saved but they're not converted they're not accomplishing what he saved them for they're just living in what he has saved them from being born again is the beginning of your life it's not the end It's not let me get saved and then sit on the couch and twiddle my thumbs until Jesus comes back. You're actually here as an ambassador of the kingdom of God now. To take dominion and authority that Adam lost in the garden and walk it out. That's why he said everywhere you put your foot you actually possess it. Because you're put right back into Genesis chapter number 2. That's what Acts chapter number 2 did. It puts you right back in that place of authority. And the power is now on the inside of you. I'm going to close today. and I'm not even going to give a call to salvation because, number one, if you need to get right with God, I want you to pray directly and ask God to change you. But what I am going to pray is we dismiss that He would help us to see the areas of conversion, the opportunity of conversion in our own life, in our families, in our homes, particularly in our marriages. What would happen if believers acted like believers all the time and we stopped getting sucked in to all the world's verbiage I'll tell you what would happen 3,000 people would be added to the church that day in Jesus name can we give God a hand of praise this morning please stand to your feet it's a lot of spinach today just want you to know spinach is good for you Especially if you grind it up, put it in a drink. Lift your hands. I'm gonna pray, and then I'm also gonna pray a blessing on you. We'll be dismissed. Did we receive the offering, Jake? Father, in Jesus' name, l'embrèse, Kistrah hande, rembe ste tasta, tasta lambano kunde se braka, istra la d'embrèse le mandoso, de que brasa hande ste que handile le manoto brasa hande ki dice Lord just drop that in my spirit I can definitely interpret it but uh, Pastor Obi can you just interpret that out of your spirit what's the Lord saying right now spoken a a unique word into your lives he said today I've given you truly the meat that I wanted you to hear he says today to simply embrace that word and I will carry you to places wow literally carry you to places that only you've imagined, but now I will reveal. He says, today, this is the word that I deposit directly into you in Jesus' name. Within three or four words Of what I had in my spirit There's always An interpretation Is always that It's not a translation It's not word for word But I was hearing And, and, and Very much uh, Recognizing that same vein that, that God is depositing He's depositing this in you Because there, there are There are heights That He wants to take you And your family But what you have done up to now and what you have seen your previous, uh, your family that has gone before you do, it doesn't happen by doing just what was done. It happens by pressing towards the mark to go to those new places, those new levels. So just let it sit in your spirit. This would probably be a good message to listen back to two or three times this week. Let it get in your spirit real strong because I can tell you we're going to see the dead raised we're going to see more blind eyes open we've already seen that we're going to see deaf ears open we've already seen that we'll see more of that we'll be known as a place where cancer dies we'll be known as a place where cancer dies type 1 diabetes Be known as a place where type one diabetes is healed. Very often, the manifestation of it. I declare bones coming back together in the name of Jesus. But you can't act like the world, and think that God's just going to just show up right in the middle of it indefinitely. That's not how it works. It has, it's not. It wasn't that way in Genesis And it's not that way in Revelation Or anywhere in between There's a coming out from among them That has to happen Where you say I'm committed to this all the way So we reaffirm our commitment today to you Lord We reaffirm it We recommit We rededicate Let us not be moved or swayed To the left or the right Let us keep our eyes on you To see your hand come to pass. See your word come to pass and your hand move. Now, Father, I ask you to bless your people coming in. Bless them going out in the city and the field this day and every day in Jesus' name. Let's give God some praise, church.
1: God bless you. I'll see you Wednesday.
0: I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.